0: Hey, listeners of the Bio Report. Before we get started this week, I wanted to tell you about the digital library from Deep Dive. How much time does your team spend looking for research papers? Google, PubMed, social media. There's got to be a better way. You can now search a reference database of 100 million scientific papers and read the full text of 20 million articles, annotate them, and share with colleagues. It's the smarter way to do research. Here's the best part. If you're like me and been frustrated by not being able to access articles you find because they're behind a paywall, I've got good news. With Deep Dive, you get one-stop affordable research. If you're a listener of the BioReport, you can try the enterprise version of the service for free for one month. Go to deepdive.com. Dot com forward slash podcast and enter the code BioReport. That's Deep Dive D E E P D Y V E dot com forward slash podcast and the code is BioReport one word all caps. I'm Daniel Levine and this is the Bio Report. What age related macular degeneration is a progressive disease and a leading cause of vision loss in patients over the age of 60? Vision loss is caused by the leakage of blood and other fluid from abnormal blood vessel growth underneath and into the retina. Though the condition is treated by a class of therapies known as VEGF inhibitors, these biologics need to be repeatedly injected into patients' eyes, and for a variety of reasons, patients Real-world experience with the drugs don't match clinical trial outcomes. Advirum Biotechnologies is developing a gene therapy to treat the condition. Rather than addressing an underlying genetic cause, though, the gene therapy carries a sequence that causes the eye to produce a the VEGF inhibitor marketed as Ilea and Zaltrap. We spoke to Laurent Fisher, CEO of Advirum, about the company's gene therapy how it works, and why the one-and-done approach could translate into better results for patients. Laurent, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. We're going to talk about wet age-related macular degeneration at Virum and its efforts to develop gene therapies for this and other conditions. Let's start with wet AMD. What is it? How does it manifest itself and progress? So, wet
1: AMD or wet or neovascular age related macular degeneration is a disease that affects uh, millions of people globally. It manifests itself by fluid that accumulates in the macula and the retina, the site of vision. And patients who have this disease start losing their sights pretty rapidly. Um, the current treatment of, you know, for these patients, uh, which has been developed since the mid 2000s, is to inject uh, on a monthly or bimonthly basis in their eye a, an antibody called an anti-VEGF. The leading uh, drug is ILEA or Flibercept. And uh, it works quite well in studies uh, where patients can actually uh, recover part of their vision and maintain it uh, with these frequent injections. However, in the real world, over a period of two years for a number of reasons, uh, patients tend to lose vision. So there's a clear unmet medical need for treatments that that are longer lasting and can have better real-world efficacy.
0: Well, what is the mechanism of action for a VEGF inhibitor? What's it actually doing?
1: So uh, it blocks VEGF, which is a vascular endothelial growth factor, which is a, a reaction to the fact that the Retina has a lack of oxygen, so it tries to develop new vessels. Unfortunately, these new vessels end up blocking the, uh, the, the site and the the, 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 retina, the retinal cells and blocking their function and interfere with vision. So uh, they have a counterproductive effect, and by blocking that, uh, vascul- that VEGF with anti-VEGF, it actually reduces the amount of fluid and uh, re- allows patients to recover their vision.
0: You mentioned that over time, the success rate isn't great with patients. How much of that has to do with compliance and the need to regularly administer this by injecting it directly into the eye?
1: Well, if you think about it, when you inject the anti-VEGF in the eye, you inject a significant amount, and over time, that uh, anti-VEGF goes away. It's essentially uh, reabsorbed in the circulation. And so uh, as, as the anti-VEGF goes away, the uh, vessels grow back, the fluid accumulates in the macular or the retina, patients lose sight. And so some patients need more frequent injections every four weeks, some every eight weeks. And you're correct. I mean, it's painful to have an injection in the eye. Uh, these patients need a caregiver to take them to their appointments. It normally takes a whole day uh, and, uh, you know, they can't go about their lives. So... There's definitely an issue with compliance that was very obvious during COVID-19 since their patients tend to be elderly and at risk. And in fact, there was a reduction in uh, the sales of ILEA uh, in 2020 as a result of the pandemic. So this is absolutely a key factor in why in the real world we need a longer lasting anti
0: Your lead experimental therapy is ADVM022. This is not a conventional gene therapy in terms of correcting a mutated gene that underlies the disease, but actually produces the protein that's used in VEGF therapies today. What is ADVM022, and what does it consist of?
1: So this is, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Most people think about gene therapies as uh, advanced therapies that correct a defective gene and are administered in patients with rare diseases. Here, what we've done is we've encoded the aflibercept transgene in our vector, uh, which is injected inside the vitrium, just like a standard of care in an outpatient setting. And that vector crosses what is known as the ILM, transduces a cell in the back of the eye to produce low levels of aflibercept. And what we've seen is that, that after one injection in our optic study, we had patients who had and 109 injections prior to coming in the study. And over two years later, they're completely injection-free and they've maintained their vision and they have what we call dry maculas, which is essentially the absence of fluid buildup that we want to avoid in this patient population. Uh, what's unique about our gene therapy product, AV7M8, is that normally for ocular gene therapy, you need to actually have a surgical intervention when you, the, the, the surgeon injects the gene under the retina with a blob and that has a number of issues and limitations. Uh, first of all it requires a surgery and the amount of virus you can put in that small space is limited as well as the location and its ability to transduce enough cells to be successful. So ADVM022 was actually uh, evolved to uh, be able to uh, find its way through the ILM and transduce the cells with that simple outpatient in-office injection and that's a result of direct evolution. It's essentially a, it's a, it's a platform we can use for other indications as well.
0: You need to get a, a patient to produce enough of this to have a therapeutic benefit. How difficult is getting the dosing
1: right? That's a really excellent question. And obviously, uh, what you do is, uh, is studies in animals first to see uh, how much of that uh, how much of that protein can be produced in the eye. We've done that uh, in multiple studies and showed we can actually generate sufficient amount of that protein that is equivalent to what you would see roughly four to six weeks after an injection of ILEA. And that's what you want to see as kind of the maintenance uh, for these patients. And what when we started our study, we started at a dose of 6E11 uh, and we thought this would be the low dose. And what we found out is that 100% of the patients had zero rescue injections. So all of these patients are now at two years and has had no need for new injections, which was really remarkable and unusual. And we dosed that down by threefold to 2 11 And what we've seen in these patients is that more than two thirds of the patients had zero rescue injections. And overall, if you look at the reduction in annualized MCHVGF injections, it was an 85% to 96% reduction. So very dramatic improvements. And of course, in these patients, uh, you can imagine you administer a vector with a transgene. You need to give them some prophylaxis to uh, minimize any kind of immune response that we see. And we see some low level of inflammation that is managed with topical steroid eye drops. And uh, based on this study, we're now planning to initiate global phase three trials that we plan to start uh, later this year. And the hope is that we can file uh, a BLA, submit an application for approval in 2024.
0: How localized is the effect of the gene therapy?
1: So, the gene therapy given uh, with ADVMO22 with that 7M8 uh, vector is actually given in, inside the vitreum. And it actually broadly diffuses into the fovea, which is the uh, localization of the sites and where all the quality of life kind of uh, part of the vision are located. It broadly diffuses and transfects the cells and creates that biofactory approach where we see a very consistent, robust expression of that protein. So uh, it's a really uh, attractive way to have really scalable solutions for these patients because this is really uh, will be the first mass-market gene therapy product that potentially could reach uh, over 9 million people globally if you include uh, diabetic macular edema as well.
0: And what do we know about the durability to date?
1: So what we know from preclinical studies is that uh, we see essentially lifelong expression uh, out to 30 months in in animals, and uh, that's what you would expect from transducing post-mitotic cells. Those cells do not renew themselves, so they are unlikely to lose that transgene. And what we've seen in patients where we measured the protein in the eye of these patients is that the durability was beyond two years. We're going to continue patients out to uh, five years and that the protein expression was uh, completely maintained out to that uh, 2 year time point obviously we'll continue to you know measure these measure the protein expression level and continue follow the patients but the hope is that this will be essentially a lifelong treatment benefit and this is in contrast to you know the, the holy grail of anti vegf has been to extend the treatment interval from 4 to 8 weeks with current agents to 16 weeks and now we're looking at uh, potentially uh, one and done. So a really transformational benefit for patients.
0: You're using novel vectors to carry the gene therapy. What does your platform allow you to do? And what properties do you consider in engineering a vector?
1: Absolutely. So so that vector that uh, we licensed from uh, John Flannery's lab at uh, UC Berkeley was designed using uh, is rational design using direct evolution and testing millions of different vectors to identify the one that were suitable to be able to administer intravitually or IVT and could trans- transverse that uh, ILM, that membrane to transduce the cells. And you want to transduce the cells in the back of the eye that are impacted by the disease. And that allows us to use that as a platform to carry other vectors, genes or proteins to look at either rare disease or other ocular diseases. So, this is a very unique capability of Adverum to essentially identify capsids that are uh, very much targeted towards a, an organ or a cell, uh, something that uh, would allow us to build a pipeline behind ADVM022. So, what
0: might the phase three study look like? How large a population? How long a, a time period? And uh, what are you using for endpoints?
1: Yes, so, so the, uh, the, the clinical trial uh, programs for anti-VEGF therapies are fairly well-defined. And as you know, there are many agents that are either on the markets or under review. And essentially, what you're looking at is a one-year-long study in treatment-naive patients that will receive either advmo 22 at two doses or the standard of care ILEA every eight weeks. And the primary endpoint is non-inferiority based on vision, looking at a four letter. Uh, So so you really need to show that your uh, treatment is non-inferior to the standard of care. We'll continue, of course, to follow the patients uh, to at least two years and potentially longer to see how long that benefit can last. But uh, essentially, a one-year endpoint based on vision as the primary endpoint is what is required for all anti-VEGF treatment, uh, including gene therapies.
0: Uh, One of the advantages of the approach is that it benefit might not be limited to a single condition. You mentioned that you're also looking at diabetic macular edema. What is diabetic macular edema?
1: So it's a similar disease in the sense that there's fluid accumulating in the macula and the retina. So it has similar symptoms, but it's in the background of diabetes, which as we know uh, has a lot of impact on vessels and leaky vessels. Uh, and has you know, can, can impact multiple vessels, and, uh, and as we know. Uh, so in these patients, the presentation is much younger. Uh, it's slightly different than the age-related macular degeneration, but the treatment is the same. So essentially, uh, these patients receive regular injection of anti-VEGF, LEA or, or Lucentis in the eye to control the disease. And we have a study ongoing called the INFINITY trial, where we're looking at uh Again, two doses of a DVMO22 compared to the uh, standard of care, ALIA. And this is the first actually gene therapy trial in DME. And that uh, data will read out in the second half of this year. So potentially, we may be able to look at another indication for a DVMO22 starting uh, a phase three study uh, sometime next year.
0: And how broadly do you think this ultimately might be?
1: Well, imagine that currently. Uh, patients require this frequent infection in the eye by retina specialists. There are many parts of the world where either the cost of the therapy or the availability of specialists just does not allow patients to get treated, which means these patients lose sight and lose productivity and, and quality of life very rapidly. If you had a one-and-done treatment we can follow patients, let's say, for 6 to 12 months using a simple in-office intravitreal injection, you could follow these patients even with, uh, new types of devices like at home OCT to monitor the disease. And with a one and done, you could really scale this globally. In fact, we just hired uh, Adam Reddy, who is uh, going to head our patient advocacy, access, and digital innovation to see how we can make this treatment available globally uh, because we believe this is the first time we have a solution that could really uh, scale up globally. And is this an
0: approach you might be able to take with other conditions, or is there something unique about the eye and VEGF that makes this possible?
1: I think certainly with the eye and, and anti vegf we know that we're using a protein, a fibrous uh, that's been used in over twenty-five million eyes safely. So there's a, a strong uh, foundation that we can use to do to do that. What we also know in the eyes is that the doses of vector that require to be effective are around 10 to the 11. If you think about systemic gene therapy, it's much higher. It's about four to five log higher. And so this really provides an opportunity to uh, look at a number of diseases in the eye and rare diseases. So we've been focusing in ophthalmology and rare disease for now, uh, but we are also looking at ways where we could leverage our technology to target other organs like the brain or the kidney uh, and see if we can identify capsids that could actually Uh, be used for some diseases that are very specifically targeted to other organs.
0: I just want to go back to a a point we talked about early in the discussion. You talked about how real-world outcomes don't match the clinical trial results with VEGF therapies. I'm wondering if you might expand on that a bit and, and talk about how your approach might change this.
1: Yes, so, so I think uh, what we know from these real-world evidence studies that have been done uh, both in, in the U.S. and Europe is that uh, patients do not get as many injections as they should in order to maintain vision. Uh, it ranges from uh, over a period of two years, uh, five injections in Italy to, you know, six in Germany, nine in the U.K. and, and 15 in the U.S. Despite that, patients are not getting uh, enough anti-VEGF to control the disease. With adbmo 22 they get essentially a permanent expression in the eye. And so that's after, you know, a couple of weeks after they've received that injection, they start producing levels of antivegative that are com- completely stable and hopefully uh, lifelong. So uh, the anticipation is that this will allow uh, patients to preserve their, vi- their visions for a lifetime.
0: Laurent Fisher, CEO of Adviram. Laurent, thanks so much for your time today. Danny, thank you very much.